1 Peter chapter 1, starting around verse 12. Matter of fact, I want us to do something. Uh, I don't like to do it every week because uh, it didn't become so ritualistic. It didn't seem to have a lot of power to it. But if you'll just stand to your feet, and uh, I'm going to read just a, a short section from 1 Peter in uh, chapter 1. So if we'll stand just in honor of our God and his holy word, uh, we'll listen to his word together. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version because it has a couple words in here that I want to focus on today. Listen to this. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not conforming or not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. Yeah. Some of you maybe have a copy of the New King James. I, you know, that's the only translation they had when I was a little kid. You know, I didn't know Christ. So that, that was my first right. Secondly, I was reading King James and it made no sense to me. And, uh, and then they had this paraphrase I remember getting uh, called the Living Bible. And I just thought, man, this is pretty cool. And I came to Christ and I devoured it. And then I got the NIV and started memorizing and studying that exclusively. And then started reading the NLT. And of course, I, I read lots of translations. But then they have this new translation a few years ago. It came out the New King James. And, and I like it a lot more than I do the Old King James, okay? And, uh, but I, I just love God's Word. How about you, church? I mean, some of you read from the New Century, from the ESV, from the NLT. I, mean, I know if you don't know Christ, you're like, dude, where are all these acronyms? He's got all these letters. Well, here's what we'd say to you. Get a copy of God's Word. Begin to read it, and I believe that God speaks through His Word. Do you believe that, church? He does. And this morning, I just wanted you to see it a little different because I don't even know if I have a New King James actual translation, but on my computer, I've got all these translations like you do. Well, you know... There's, there's a tendency to complicate things. Have you ever noticed that? Some of us have a gift. I don't think it's a gift. We have the ability to confuse people. <laughs> or we, uh, we want to oversimplify and we complicate it. Have, have you ever taken a subject and you wanted to uh, share that with another person, but you botched it up so bad they were more confused when you finished than when you started? Do I have anybody? No, don't raise your hand like it happens here often. No, no, no. I, I pray that I make it simple because I want to understand. I want you to understand. I want you to walk away with truth. But there's a, a spiritual metaphor in Scripture, light and dark, light and dark, light, righteousness, light, good, dark, evil, sinful, <laughs> Lucifer, light, dark. They're constantly in opposition, battling each other. You read the epistle of Peter, you'll see some of this. You read through the New Testament, through the Old Testament, you, you, you see that. And what I've learned is a lot of times, uh, not a lot of times, almost all kids are afraid of the dark. Have you ever noticed that? They just don't like the dark. They think uh, creatures grow in the dark. You, you know, my brother that we prayed for this morning, I forgave him a lot of years ago, but he used to tell me there was a monster under my bed. And, and, that just, and he was five years older, and, and, and he thought that was hilarious. And I would lay in the bed and, like, freak out. I wasn't about to touch the floor because there was somebody under my bed. I mean, who tells people that, you know? That's just sick, okay? But, uh, but light and dark. So in light, we like, uh, we like night lights. I mean, we have them in our house, and it keeps you from stumbling. And, and maybe you have them for your kids or for you as you get up and go to the bathroom, or you go get a drink of water, you go do something. But that light thing, there's, there's something about when light comes, 
it illuminates the darkness and you just you just feel safe I love college campuses and I love the way they try to work hard to really light up the campus so to be safe for young women and also for men but I just think about young women and particularly having daughters but in these first 12 verses that we've been covering now we go into verse 13 Peter has been talking about who we are in Christ. And I've been trying to dig on that for you for the last two weeks. Well, today, now he ta- tells us, now there's a pattern. This is how I want you to live your life. This is how to live your life from this day forward. And he gives us some incredibly tall marching orders as followers of Jesus. Um, matter of fact, we'll just jump right in. As, as we read in a minute ago, we, we talked about, therefore, The word circle in your Bible in verse 13, many of your translations have the word therefore. Circle it. Therefore is there for a reason. There's a a transition. There is a shift. Here's what's been happening. But now, therefore, there's something to do. God's calling us forward. And and I love that. And the first thing he says, and you just fill in, is gird your minds. I know you use that word often, gird. Let's go gird our minds. Let's gird our loins. If you've read Scripture you understand that gird, but I mean, like, who uses the word gird in 2015? It's just not, you know, in our vocabulary. It means to, to pull yourself, your thoughts together. In that day, robes were very common attire, for men especially. And, and they would wear them. And what would happen is, as they walk or as they ran, they would have to pull their robe up. You women understand this. They would pull their robe up and they would tuck it in their belt so they wouldn't trip and do a face plant. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to you. I'm a pastor. I have a uh, pastoral robe. I love it. It's black. It's velour. It's got red crosses. When I wear it, people are like, whoa, our preacher, look at that. I know. You ain't going to ever say that here. Okay, don't worry about it. But I love to wear it at weddings. It's very formal. It's very, I don't know, it's just kind of regal. It's a cool thing. But it's a little long. And when I first started wearing it, I had to learn. You girls know this. Pull it up as you walk up steps. I almost did a face plant on my first wedding going up steps. Yeah, it's a little scary, okay? And, And when brides, I always tell brides, hey, as you get ready to come up onto the platform, make sure that somebody helps you or you pull your dress up or you're fixing to fall. Oh, that that's the that's the wear of that day. Robes. They were to gird, they were to tuck it in, they were to tuck in truth. And here he's talking about gird your minds. Just write in the word, think clearly, Christian. Just begin to pull your thoughts together, pull them under the umbrella of Christ. Think in a, in a manner that's clear unto the Lord. Set your hope fully on him. Here it is. He'd go, be mentally alert, be mentally sharp, but gird your mind. Our, 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 our language would go, roll up your sleeves. <laughs> get ready. You understand that, don't you? I love that how a lot of times we get ready to do something and we're washing dishes or we're doing something and we know we, know we might get dirty and we'll, we'll unbutton and we'll roll our sleeves up for, for that activity. If not, you just get sopping wet. Some of you are like, oh, that's why people roll their sleeves up. Okay, whatever. So they gird. They were girding their minds. And then he uses a word about keep sober in spirit. It means not to lose spiritual control. Because he says, get sober. And I remember the first time I read this as a new Christian, get sober, I went, wait a minute. I I used to do the other stuff, the intoxication. We'll leave that at step. That's who I was, B.C., before Christ. Get sober. Are these people going to come to church intoxicated? 
well, it's that term, but to be sober, to be clear thinking, to be uh, a full mind, that your mind's governed, it, it's uh, disciplined, your mind is self-controlled by the Lord. Be sober of mind. Have a, have a full mind for Christ. It, it's just a powerful concept here. Looking to Christ, as we look to Christ, Christ strengthens. Christ equips our faith. He enables us. Uh, here's another word. Don't be under the influence, but be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Remember in Ephesians where he says, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled. The Greek word, plethru, to be filled continuously with God, with the Holy Spirit. That you're under the Spirit's power, the Spirit's control, and you're sober, and you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. Can I get a big amen? That's what God wants. You know, you're saying, Oh, okay. I, I was just wondering, you know, this getting drunk in church or whatever. I, I didn't understand. I, you know, I started with a metaphor, and I want to run back to it about light and dark. A great writer, Robert Louis Stevenson, said this one time. We need to punch holes in the darkness. In, in, in that day, they had uh, lampposts, and they would go out and they would light the lamppost. And as they lit each one with a ladder, and they'd crawl up and they'd light it, it illuminated, and then they'd go to the next one, and to the next one. Don and I live over in Sturbridge, and we have these really cool light posts all through our neighborhood. That's kind of our signature, I guess, for the neighborhood. And you know what's cool? Me and Donna are not on the rotation to go out and light the light post at night. The power company does. <laughs> you know, they, they come on. And when we first moved there, the light post across from our house was out. It was driving me nuts. See, I, I'm, an, I'm an advocate for light. I like light. I didn't like that it wasn't illuminating. And we called and everything. And finally they came out one day and they, they fixed it. And, and we punched holes in the darkness. Do, do you see what I'm saying? As a Christ follower, you punch holes in the darkness. Isn't that a good thought? You're like, I want to punch. I want to fight. Well, <laughs> we're not supposed to be fighting here as Christians. But God says, I want you to, want you to punch. In Proverbs, just write down Proverbs 23, 7. The word says, for as he thinks, as she thinks within themselves, so are they. As we think, as we gird our mind, as we become sober of mind, of spirit, that's who we become. And God, help us to become that person. But then the second word is, we guard our heart. You know, the scripture talks about a lot guarding your mind, gird your mind, and he talks about guard your heart. It's the, it's the wellspring of life. It's the issues of life. The heart in the Greek, or in the Hebrew, it's, it's the very core, the issues of man come from the heart. You know, you say, well, why do you sin? Because my heart's not right. You know, I, I've told you this before, but I, I chuckle, but it just nauseates me as a pastor. I stand in line and people go, oh, they had such a good heart. And I'm just sitting there. And the thing is, and I know some of these people, and some of these people, they did not have even Christ-like hearts. They were they were wretched, okay? Oh, but they had such a good heart, such a good heart. And I want to go. Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Wicked is your heart. But that wouldn't win me friends and give me influence. So you stand there and you go, yeah, wicked heart under my breath. But so he, he says here, guard your heart. Say no to the flesh and yes to the Father. Can you just write that on the side? Say no to my former lust of the flesh and say yes to him. We always want to say yes. God, yes. The answer is yes. Whom shall I send? Yes, Lord, send me. Here's what I want to do. Will you do this? Yes, Lord. Not, the Lord's not into maybe. <laughs> the Lord's into yes. So, Lord, I, I want to follow you. I just want to say yes. And then, look at this. So we gird our minds, we guard our hearts. 
He guides our lifestyle. He guides us. I love that the Holy Spirit comes in every follower of Christ. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes a deposit. He seals. He marks you as the fathers. And then he leads you, guides you in all manner of truth. Are you thankful for the leading of the Holy Spirit today? I am. If we didn't have the Holy Spirit on the earth, man, you think we're messed up now? Can you imagine if God withdrew the Holy Spirit? And so he guides us. And, and then I just wrote here, here's in the middle of the page, show the world holiness. Now this is huge. I, I, I've thought about doing a whole series on holiness, and today I'm, I'm just going to camp out in holiness for a section. It's not a popular, it almost sounds like it's a real churchy word, like holiness, man, that's, that's churchy. No, it's biblical, it's Jesus. And so when people want to talk to me about theologies and once saved, always saved, and all these questions that I've answered a thousand times, I've always had a greater question, I think. How holy are you? Are you becoming like Jesus? That's what I think the Father wants to know. Are you becoming like Christ? Are you becoming more holy? In the scripture we're going to see, he says, be ye holy, therefore, because I am holy. And he calls all Christians to be holy. Uh, let me just give you a couple examples that you can just write down here today. Uh, Exodus 19.5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Leviticus 11.44. I know you were reading that right before you came in, right? I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. There, there were rules and regulations about what to eat and not eat. Leviticus 19.2. Let's just move a few chapters over. Speak to the entire assembly of the Israel and say to them, Be holy because I, the Lord, am God and I am holy. In 20, verse 7 in Leviticus, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord, your God. God develops it from the Old through the New Testament that he's in holiness, that he is holy. He is completely above all. He is togetherness. He is completeness. And so God says, I want you to be holy. I want you to see, uh, um, it's going to come up on the screen, a, a quote from C.S. Lewis. I have a, a book about this thick, the quotable C.S. Lewis. I, I love his mind. And this is what he says, how little people know who think holiness is dull when one meets the real thing, it is irresistible. I mean, holiness is just what God wants. It's, no, it's what God desires. It's what God commands in Scripture for every Christian. And, and then he talks about be separate, come out of the world. And, and, and let's face it, we live in 2015. Man, our world is so polluted. Can you turn to the person next to you and go, Polluted. Would anybody agree with that statement? I mean, man, just go to the movie theater, just turn on the TV, just do whatever. And I, I get to be a part of that. I have to try to choose what I'm going to watch and what I'm going to see and discern. And, 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 and I just go ahead. I'm just going to go out there, not judgment. I want you to pray about what God's led you to do. Don and I decided many years ago, probably our whole marriage, that we would not go to R-rated movies. And then we really questioned a lot of PG-13. So I've missed a lot of good films that had... Great storylines, but there were R for... Now, we did make one exception, and we prayed about it. But we, we felt the Father said it was okay. It was the passion of the Christ. We went to that. It was incredibly gory. But there are so many movies that I would like to see. I really would, but, but this is part of holiness for us. We feel like but we need to be separate from that. We, we don't need to let that take over because 
it's just, it, the more we let sin come in or we let things filter us, it just, it, it just makes us water it down. So this is not popular when you talk about holiness in 2015. But let me tell you, to the Father, holiness is everything, church. Holiness. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's not Keith, that's Jesus. So holiness, man, God, God's into this. And I don't want you to think, well, man, I, he said I'm going to hell. No, 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 no nobody said that. And we, I didn't say don't go to a movie. I didn't say not turn on your TV. I'm, I mean, we have TVs. I mean, I watch them. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, Lord Jesus, give us a spirit of discernment. Can you just write down discernment? Lord, help us to discern. Help us to be separate from the world. God, we, we just want to do it your way. We want to measure ourselves. I, I read this story. I thought it was cute. The little boy told his mom that he had measured himself, and he was six foot tall. <laughs> this is a little boy. I mean, you know, you know how little boys lie. I mean, well, I did. Okay. And his mom was a little skeptical. She asked, well, uh, you're, you're six foot tall. Johnny said, man, I'm, I'm six foot tall. She goes, well, measure yourself again. And he, he measured himself again. And then she said, how'd you do that? And he took out his ruler from school. It, it was 12 inches long. He wasn't measuring with a yardstick. He was measuring with a, a ruler. He had the wrong measurement, the wrong standard. You know where I'm going with that, don't you? If we compare ourselves to the people next to us, because I can do that with the best of them. Well, you, 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 you know, you, you, they do. <laughs> I look pretty good. Yeah. All right, here we go. You want me to be really real with you? I've been a pastor for 33 years. And when we were raising our girls, I remember sometimes we would have these discussions like, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah, can I go to this event or this movie? I go, all right. And we had a thing around our house. Donna was so good. Screenit.com. Oh, do we have to go to Focus on the Family? Do we have to go screen it, see what the language is? And sometimes I'd be crying in tears, and, and it was tough. And then I remember one time one of them said this, and this was tough. She says, but Dad, so-and-so Dad's a pastor, and she's going, what's your deal? And, and you know, like, and that's a holy man, and I really like him, and, and I wanted to go hit him, like, Dad, come! And, you know, like, no, well, this, this is the standard for us, and, and this is what we feel like is good for our little girls, and we tried to shield them. And you're saying, why do you tell us that? Because holiness is the heart of the Father, and, and, and I, I want you to pray about it. Can, can you walk away from here not feeling condemned? Amen. Can you walk away feeling grace? Yes. Can you walk away feeling conviction? You know, that's part of my job. My job is to afflict the comfortable and to comfort the afflicted. Yeah, and I live in that world too. Let's all say schizophrenic. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes. Holiness. But man, the Lord is serious about this. I'm like, Lord, holiness is one of those uncomfortable attributes of God. But we have to talk about it because the Word talks about it. He's the standard. His holiness unlocks the door to the understanding of who he is. And that's my biggest prayer, is I just want you to know God. I want you to know him fully. I want you to understand. I want you to discern his ways. I want to know him. Man, I, I don't want you to hear, like, man, our pastor is self-righteous. He's, man, he's gotten on some trip. No, 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 no. I'm the chief of sinners, man. I blow it. If you want to know, ask Donna. And if she would protect me, she, she does a great job of that. I'm thankful. But she knows. She lives with a sinner. And I'm not going to ask you to turn to the person next to you and go, and you live with a sinner. Because you do. But just look in the mirror and they'll tell you, yeah, you're. I mean, if you want to know how holy you are, here's a good test. If you want to know how holy you are, you are, if you're married, ask your mate. 
Mm. You're like, no, that's too convicting. Let's just keep going. Holy love, holy presence. The, the, the first idea of holiness, just right in there somewhere, the idea of holiness is the greatness of God, the splendor, the majesty, the glory. God's totally above. He's in a class all by himself. He's great, grand, majestic, above all, holy, holy, holy. When April led us in that song this morning, did you sense the magnitude and the greatness and the sumness and the wholeness and the fullness of God? Did anybody sense that but me? That's how holy God is. The Bible says that the angels sit around the throne. They go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I'm like, whoa, they did that forever, 24-7. The second aspect of holiness here is, is purity. So just write down the word, and I didn't leave you a lot of room. I'm sorry, I got kind of carried away. Just write down the word purity. Holiness is purity. I know we miss the mark. I know we've got blemish. There's an unblemished spot we'll talk about in a minute in Christ, but he's great, he's good, he's awesome. Matter of fact, if you really want to see, I think, the greatest passage in all of the Bible on holiness, read Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And man, when you see the description of when Isaiah was in the temple and he saw God, when he beheld God in his sanctuary. Matter of fact, it just hit me. I felt like I was supposed to read Psalm 63 to you at Body Life, and it just hit me, the connection. Somebody else drew it, didn't you? I beheld his glory in the sanctuary. That's what Isaiah did. He was in a temple, and he saw the Lord high and holy and lifted up, and Uzziah had died. And, and, and let me say to you, there's a couple things in the Hebrew language that you, you want to understand. When there is a repetition when there is a, uh, a comparative, when you compare this to that, it's twice. But when there is a, a superlative, it's for great repetition, for great focus, and you very rarely see it, a superlative. Hear the word, on purpose, Hebrews knew it, holy, holy, it's not, it's not a trick question, holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God was trying to declare, I am above all. It's a superlative, man. It, it's, it's, it's just uh, this uh, breathtaking, overwhelming splendor of the majesty of God. It's like when uh, my daughter the other night took some kids and they went to uh, uh, Bethel Worship in Birmingham. And she was just describing and I read some Instagram posts and people were talking about it. it was majestic. It was glorious. I can't wait for heaven. It was just that they got into a really neat place with the Father and there was this overwhelming presence of the Lord. That, that's what God has for you and me as followers of Christ. Holy, holy, your Lord, separate, cut off, expressing ultimate about who he is, who he was, and who he is to come. It's holiness right down the word. It's distinctiveness. God is so distinctive. There's nobody like our God. It's a great song lyric, but it's a great biblical truth. He, he, is, he is separated. He, he is by himself. He, he's in a category. I remember when I went to Chicago years ago to a National Youth Workers Convention, and I was there. I wasn't actually teaching in this when I was going to it. And when you get in Chicago, and in those days, you, you had to go somewhere. Can you imagine? No, you're going, well, you went to get pizza. I know what, it, well, I did that too, but that wasn't the thing. I had to go see Mike. I wanted to go see Michael Jordan play. And I remember I got on the phone and I called and I go, 
hey, you know, I'm Keith, like they give a flying rip. I said, I want to know if I can buy a ticket to the Bulls. And never will forget what the guy said. He goes, no, it's been sold out for three years. I went, he says, but you should go downtown and there will be tickets available. I went downtown. I walked up to this gentleman. He had a trench coat on. True story. I can't make up a story this good. And when he did this, I was saying, I hope he's not a pervert. Okay. And he, and he, and he, and he opened his coat like that. And in his coat, he had hundreds of Chicago Bulls basketball tickets. And they were authentic because I bought one and I went to the game. I wanted to see that because there was nobody like Michael. At least I didn't think so. Man, I love to watch him. I sit in the very top seat in the nosebleed section. It was pathetic. But Michael was there. And I thought, I got so excited about watching a human man play basketball with a light show and all the fun stuff. I thought, how much more do I get excited and thrilled about the presence of Jehovah? You talking about light show? Oh, my goodness. Uh, our man Isaiah would go, there was a light show in the temple. He was holy. So holy in thought, holy in word, holy in deed, overwhelmingly. Um, let me keep moving here. When, when the unholy confronts the holy, listen, when the unholy confronts the holy, there is a, a consciousness of our sinfulness. When I meet with the Lord in honesty and truth, in confession and purity, I see how short I fall. It's the unholy with the holiness of God. And I have to do like Isaiah, woe is me, a man undone of unclean lips, a man that misses the mark of God. But God, I want to be like you. Do you feel the, the weight of that this morning in this room? I do. He's holy. There's no other like him. And so you just got to unplug. You got to slow down and get with the holiness. And, and he'll confront you. And, and the Father loves us. And I want you to remember God is love. Oh, man, I love the love of God. God is merciful. He's all that. But I want you to remember, but God is holy. And sometimes I treat him, and we treat him like he's our best buddy. <laughs> Guys, he, we can't be friends of God. I know Jeff doesn't like that song. I love friends of God. I wore it out on this stage. Some of you are like, we praise God when we quit doing that song. But it was a great song, at least for me. And I, somebody said it is. And then other people are like, oh, I hate that song. Okay. But here's, here's the thing. But I remember when we did shout to the Lord for a decade too, and that was good to retire yet. But, but, but bottom line is, here it is. The holiness of God. God, you're, you're good. And Lord, I fall short. You expose me. The hidden gets exposed. We write down this thought. You crumble before a holy God. You're like a cookie. <laughs> and you get that cookie, and, you, and you're in a hurry, and you eat it, and it just crumbles, and... You ever been found out because you ate a cookie you weren't supposed to eat and it crumbled? This is just confession. I'm, I, oh, you self-righteous people, whatever. I, well, I have. And that wasn't as a kid. This isn't an adult. Donna's coming in like, baby, did you have a cookie? And, and everything within me wants to lie. I want to go, no, no. I didn't. Like, yeah, I had a cookie. How'd you know? Because I knew she had eyes in the back of our head raising our girls. She, she knew everything they were doing. But I'm her husband. 
How did you know? She goes, you left evidence on the counter. Oh, dumb crumbs. No, no. And you laugh about that. Some of you are like, oh, I get, I get busted too. Yeah, well, here it is. I crumble before him. Just write down, I, I just wrote this down. I thought it was good. Isaiah saw the Lord's majesty, verses 1 through 4. Then he saw the Lord's mercy, verse 5 through 7. In verse 6 through 8, then God says, Isaiah, now I send you on a mission. I got a mission for you, Isaiah. But you know what? It's not just a word for an old prophet. That was awesome. It's a message for you and I today. Wow, overwhelmed, the presence of God. Let me, let me talk about the holiness of God this way. Every once in a while, Don and I get to go off somewhere, and you know we've been in some nice hotels around the country every once in a while, and, and, uh, and she really likes this. She loves these really thick curtains like that knock out all the light and like you don't know what time it is don't you all you women like that yeah it's awesome you know and yeah somebody like, yeah and and if you've ever messed up and you didn't quite have it all the way pulled what happens there's a little bit of light comes through and it messes you up or in your house you think your house is clean go home this afternoon and look at your house go house is clean but then some light comes through, and have you ever been looking and you see these things called dust particles flying through your house? Because the light exposed it, and you went, ugh! Yeah, it's like when our termite guy comes for our house inspection, the sucker always brings a flashlight. And he's down here doing this, you know. And, man, and we keep a clean house, but when that brother comes, I don't know where it comes from. Little spiders show up and little dust and little stuff, and he's doing this. And I was like, oh, oh, and she wants to get in there and clean the house. You know, like guys are like, whatever, dude, welcome to our house. But it's exposed. Do you see what light does? Light exposes the dirt. What does the light of Christ do? The holiness of God. It exposes my junk. Nothing's hidden before the Lord. We probably like to hide, don't we? Like, man, this pastor this message is too uncomfortable well how am i going to preach the holiness and not be serious and and here's what i've learned about me there's a holiness deficiency in my life and there's probably one in yours so this morning my whole goal is that you would be concerned about not having a deficiency as great as it is today and you'd become more holy unto the lord and you would bless him and you would become like him and you would pattern yourself after him uh, I think maybe you can identify. Holiness just means I'm dedicated to God. Lord, I dedicate my heart. I dedicate my mind. I dedicate my speech. I dedicate my marriage, I, my life. I dedicate my kids. I dedicate my talent, my law practice, my school teaching, my, my cells, my, my being. Whoever I am, God, I give it to you. R.C. Sproul says, any attempt to understand God apart from his holiness is idolatry. I went, whoa. God, you know, you say you're not into idolatry either. So I want to I be holy. I want you to be holy. The, the key to holiness, just write it down. I don't know where you're writing all this stuff, but I think it's helpful. The key to holiness flows out of a relationship with Christ. It's not that you and I become more holy, because, y'all, we don't have it within ourselves to become holy. But out of our personal relationship with Jesus, then we become holy as we spend time with him in his presence, and he begins to shape us and conform us to the image of himself then we become holy. But it's that relationship. It's not that religion. It's that, look here on verse 17. Live in reverent fear of him. It means what? Reverence, awe, 
respect. God, I reverence you above all others. God, I'm in all of you. God, I respect you. God, I trust you. You're great. So, Lord, you, you tell us here that that's what you have for us. And then I want you to keep going here because you see the discipline of God. You see God's judgment. The Bible says the judgment of God starts in the house of God. So God wants us to judge ourselves. It's not that others judge us. He judges us. But we judge ourselves because we have the Holy Spirit. We have a, a reverent fear. Um, uh, here it is. I think you understand reverent fear. Um, today's a hard day for me. Sorry not to share it, but I think it makes sense. 47 years ago this morning, I got up as a nine-year-old boy. And uh, my dad was out of town. My brother went to school. My grandfather had just come to live with us because his wife, my grandmother, had died six weeks earlier. And his brother died, and we had to get in a car to go on 82 West, infamous road to Tuscaloosa, to a funeral. My mom was killed 47 years ago this morning. Probably about an hour ago. And so this morning when I got up, it's the very first thing I thought, I thank God for the day. And I said, Father, thank you for sparing my life. This nine-year-old boy got spared. I got released. I got, I got spared for a purpose. So, 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 so today is a great day. But, so I grew up with that, and then I had a dad. And I love my dad. He died 20 years ago. But I had a reverent fear for my dad. I could push my dad so far. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He played football at Auburn. He was a big fullback. He was, he was a hoss. He had, he had big forearms, and he was just in control, okay? I challenged him when I was 18 in front of all my buddies. I was pumping iron. I was strong. I was arrogant. I challenged him. He threw my fanny in the lake right in front of everybody, and I went, whoa, that's humbling. But I, yeah, you thought that was funny, did you? But I, but I respect my dad. But I had a holy fear of him, too. Because when my dad finally said, no, enough, it didn't mean, let's push it a little bit longer, Dad. <laughs> Admit, it's over. Does anybody, did anybody have a dad like mine? Yeah. And some of you are like, my dad's a pushover, you know. My kids probably think that about me. I'm not, I don't know, I can be hard, but I, I don't think I was, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm in fear, a holy fear. Redeemed. Look, look at the word redeemed here. Redeemed is a key word in the section 18 through 21. And lutru is the word. It means to purchase, to receive by paying a ransom. And that's what I want you to see. What, right in the question, what is your value? What is your worth? What is your value this morning? What is your worth to God? Well, I know, I know what your worth is according to Scripture. I know what your value is according to Scripture. We talked about reverent fear, but look here. Verse 18, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. Look at verse 19, so cool. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. You are worth what? The blood of God's Son. That's ultimate payment, ultimate price, uh, redeemed. I mean, in this day of Scripture, millions of slaves in the Roman Empire, and they were bought, they were traded on the commodities market, and they had to be bought back. Here's this, here's this concept that Jesus sheds his blood, a supreme sacrifice to buy us back from the bondage and the penalty of sin. I mean, it's the gospel story. I mean, so Jesus sheds his blood. But I just want you to write down there beside that. But remember the pain that you and I brought Jesus. 
because we brought him some great pain. I mean, you, you want to know, does Jesus, we always say, Jesus loves me. Well, how do I know Jesus loves me? He shed his blood for me. He gave his life freely as a sacrifice, and I love that. Look at Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a what? A ransom for many. I mean, it's a, it's a great passage. It's, a, it's an enormous price. 1 Peter uh, 2, 24. He personally carried yours and my sins in his body on the cross of Calvary so that we can be dead to sin and we can live for what is right. And by the wounds of Christ, we are what? Say it with me real loud. We are healed. We're made whole because of Christ. I mean, it's the substitutionary death of Christ. I mean, man, you, you could preach on this all day. Unblemished, spotless. Let me give you a, a legal term. Imputation. It speaks of legal reckoning. God imputes, you love this, don't you, students? God imputes the righteousness of a perfect holy Savior on us. Therefore, the righteousness of a perfect Christ gets imputed to my account. I get reckoned right because of Christ's righteousness. God looks at me and you in Christ, and God sees what? Righteousness. He sees payment. He sees fulfillment. He sees his demands being met. Oh, God. I mean, that, that, is, that is a beautiful passage. And, and then he just moves on here about the blood of Christ. Matter of fact, I'm going to invite the team to come right now because there is an amazing song. I, I hope you don't have to leave. Carrie Job did this. Uh, it's a great song. It's about, oh, the blood. And, and when you read about the blood here, Eugene Peterson says, it cost God plenty to get you out of the dead, in, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died to make an unblemished sacrificial lamb, and this was no afterthought. Even though it was only lately, at the end of the ages, become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. God gave. God gives his life. Through him, verse 21, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorify him. So your faith and your hope this morning are in God. That's where I pray you find yourself. Stay motivated to be holy. There's a family resemblance. You know, if you're new, you don't know, but if you've been here, you've been a part of our faith family, you know we had the joy of welcoming our second grandchild. Rachel and Jeremy had their second child Christmas Day. Little McLean, Ramsey's little brother. And here's what everybody does. Matter of fact, I think he's here today, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he is. First time he's come. Hey, Pop loves you, buddy. And people, last night we were at this thing, and people kept saying, oh, family resemblance. He looks like his mother. No, he looks like his father. And if you really want to jack me up, tell me he looks like his pop. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Wouldn't want to wish that on anybody, would you? But family resemblance, here's what I'm saying to you. We should resemble our papa, our father. And when people see you tomorrow, they go, you resemble your father. Huh? You look like the father in heaven. You resemble God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we would develop a pattern of holiness and stay on path with you. And we would imitate you. And you would be our motivation to live. God, this is a heavy message, and I am the worst vessel to communicate it. But God, I pray you would teach us truth, and you would shape us by truth, and we would trust in the precious blood of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ.
Would you trust Christ this morning? Would you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died for you? You will be saved. I'm going to be over on the side. would love to pray for people. But I invite the rest of you to stand, come forward, worship. Great song, Oh, the Blood.